Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave. And tonight, a special guest from the West Coast. How's it going, Victor? How's it going, guys? Hey. Well, nice to yeah, have you, Victor. I, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, you so much. Yeah, thanks Thanks for being here. I have to prove to Pennsylvania that uh, other states in this wonderful nation are able to find and restore awesome tools as well. So your uh, your support here is is very welcomed awesome you must be an excellent hunter for the old for old tools i i have some friends who live out west and they have always complained that it's very difficult to find old machines you know it is it's it's so competitive um you know you really have to have the right sort of time and place i mean there there are periods where i'm just like constantly checking Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, you know, when you get that sort of itch for a new tool and you know what yep. you're looking for, you get that, you know, you just got to always be on there. Because if you don't, if you don't get it, you're not going to get it. And people, I mean, I'm friends with a few guys out here who are really, really invested in old tools. I mean, these are the guys who are like, I have a million square feet and I can buy old tools and they can fill the whole place. Like, this is my warehouse of old tools. And I'm over here like, I'm just trying to build a shop. <laughs> yeah, I just want to have maybe one, one bandsaw, like maybe two. Um, that's all you have too. We need to talk about that shortly. But yeah. I, yeah, that's that's uh, no, no real quick. Hey, I, I'm I'm cutting you all off. Victor needs to introduce himself formally. Victor, let's do Victor can be found online at Modern and Mint. Um, but I wanted to give Victor the floor here to talk a little bit about what he does and how um, old tools play a part of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I run Modern and Mint. I am a uh, I run a small business uh, that focuses on designing and making modern home decor, uh, and that can take on a lot of different uh, meanings. I purposefully titled it as home decor because that's pretty pretty vague. Um, I have a lot of products right now that are popular, um, but it's something that I just started doing. It's, it's been about two and a half years now, uh, and it's been great. I love it. Uh, it's been something that's really connected me with uh, woodworkers and people who who love old tools and all those like sorts of things. Fantastic. Nice. That's great. Are you primarily an Etsy-based business? Uh, yeah, so the only places I sell right now are Etsy or local. Um, okay. Sometimes I'll like every now and again, I'll get a message on Instagram that's like, hey, can you make me this or do you have that? And I'm happy to sell through there as well. But my main source is just Etsy. Do you, do you, have, right. do you have a website? No, uh, I have a custom domain, uh, yeah. which just goes straight to my Etsy because that's how I have it routed. I'm I'm hoping to get a uh, a custom website made, but it's just I keep getting bogged down with everything else, which is great. You know, I I like being busy, um, but it's what's on that, the to do list. What's that? What's that custom domain? So you so we can plug you. Oh yeah, it's uh it's just modernandmint.com. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, make sure you check that out. We gotta support Vic. He's got some really cool stuff on that page too. Yeah. So I'm sure you you do um, a, a lot of different things. But what is like your what is like your product? What what do you make? And do you do custom work or is it all uh, pre-made items that, that you ship out of stock or how do you do it? It's a variety, uh, to be honest. So uh, I have some items that are really popular. Um, one thing that's been really popular for me. Well, a couple things. Uh, I make pen rests. So it's just a, a nice spot on your desk to keep a pen. Um, cool. It wasn't a product that I thought would be as popular as it is, but it turns out there's a really great need for products like that. Um, I also I've started making uh, I've started making furniture bread. So stuff like this. It's just a wood piece of bread. Uh, that's cool. Bread. Like, did he say furniture bread? Yeah, that's a uh, it's just wood bread. Uh, I, I, uh, this is a combination of new and old tools to make that. Um, but that's been a popular product, uh, around the, uh, 
holiday season, I make a lot of menorahs. Uh, that's a really popular product. So I'm, I'm in these really niche markets. And of, of course, I make other things as well. And I do a lot of custom work as well for both big and small. And it's it's been fun. The, the business this past year has really had this steady rate of growth that I couldn't have anticipated, but is, you know, genuinely really exciting because it's always been my dream to sort of uh just make stuff for people i think that's that is great i love it we're really really happy to hear (laughs) that it's it's working out for you and you know there's there's a lot of people out there like you that are that are uh starting up you know small businesses and finding that that niche market and it's it's really great you know to hear uh your story coming on here so we really appreciate you coming on and and taking the time to to talk with us really do yeah absolutely so um, I've noticed in your Instagram that you do operate a, a few fair amount of vintage tools uh, that one of which I absolutely love. Your Delta 14 inch bandsaw is absolutely unbelievable. But I, w- I want to ask you, why go with an old tool and make it nice or get an old tool that is nice as opposed to just buying something new off the rack? Why would you choose that? That's a there's a it's a multifaceted answer, you know, aside from just being cool. Uh, the old tools for me, the majority of the time are made better and they're just, they're easier to work on. You know, if I, I break something on my bandsaw, which I don't think I will, cause it feels like it's built super solidly. You know, I know how to fix it. I took that whole machine apart, cleaned everything, you know, replaced all the bearings and all that good stuff. And, and I'm confident, you know, if I was to buy a new machine, I feel like I'd have to source a part probably not made in the US. Um, and I just don't have a lot of confidence in some of that stuff. Now, d- don't get me wrong, like I have tools that are newer, and they work great. But if I had my option all the time, and I knew of an old tool that was, you know, fully functional and well respected, I would definitely try to source that tool for myself. Right. Yeah. Have you, have you guys seen um, what he's done to give his uh, bandsaw that extra like woodworking flair? It's incredible. Oh, Tell, it's so good. So the man has a hardwood, beautiful uh, belt guard on his machine. Did you make that? I mean, I, of course you made that. You made yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a, a couple of years ago. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was last year. I don't know. Rockler put out the Bentwood Challenge and... You know, normally I don't have time to participate in those things, but I was like, you know, I really need to make a a belt cover for this thing. And this this seems like the right time to do that. Yeah, it's beautiful. What kind of wood is that? It's all walnut. Okay. That sounds awesome. Very cool. I'm going to have to pick your brain because if I want my Universal Word Workers to be safe, I'm going to need to basically cover the whole thing in walnut. Uh those machines are terrifying. I don't know if we get into it now or later, but I do want to pick your brain about where you decide um, from a safety aspect where you would rather go with something more modern. I do. I did see that you have a um, a saw stop or a table saw, and table saw being the most terrifying thing in any woodworker shop. Um, this man cares about his fingers and. The investment in a table saw is definitely better than the readjustment in life without fingers. So do you have a line in the sand with your equipment where you'd, you'd rather take modern safety over that vintage look and simplicity or or what are your thoughts there? It's, it's a good question. So I, I started when I started Modern and Mint, I started with a DeWalt job site saw. And that thing, it was a great saw. It was wonderful. Uh, but that thing screamed. And it was so scary. It was just terrifying. So what ended up happening was I moved into a shop space with my buddy and I had just a little bit more room, just a little bit more room. And I, you know, I I would talk to him about getting more room and I was like, well, what if I got a bigger table saw? You know, at this point, I wasn't sure what I was going to end up with. And he was like, well, how big is it going to be? And so, you know, because it, it's a t- it's three three of us in a 500 square foot shop. I operate in about 100 square feet of that. Wow. OK. It's, Damn. Yeah, it's small, but it's Are fine. You, all, you know, you workers. No, uh, actually, my other two shopmates uh, do lapidary. So they do stone carving, stone dust and wood dust everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lap- lapidary? Is that what you Lap- said there? Lapidary. Yeah, yeah, lapidary. 
Wow. Never heard of that before. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, there's old tools in that field too. Uh, and just to you know take a side route for a second, there's a whole community specifically out here in the West that's really into uh, rock hounding and looking for old rocks and cutting them open. And there, you know, right now it's kind of a I don't want to say it's a, a dying art, but there's a very it's a very niche field, and there are a ton of old like rock saws that are highly highly sought after out wow. here um it's like you know. the, the water cooled like uh big rock band saws is that is that right or i mean maybe the the saws i'm used to are uh they're a it's a blade that there's an it's a blade in a tank and it's got an oil bath at the bottom that the blade kind of hits as it hits the rock i don't know they're very very simple machines and even huh. the they're hard to, de- for some reason, they're hard for me to describe, but they're very simple machines <laughs> that, um, you know, you look at the engineering on these things and it's like somebody just made it in their garage and the factory was like, yep, that's cool. That'll do. Send nice. that out the door. That's fine. Sometimes that's all you need. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, I was thinking about this the other day about the West Coast. I feel like there's a like sort of a gap in technology. Like if you were out there and you were interested in like blacksmithing or like steam era tools and you just had a big truck and could go like raid a bunch of old like mine sites you could probably get anything you wanted that was weighed ten thousand pounds was all cast iron everything from like the 1830s 40s to you know and civil war era stuff but like the modern stuff not so much but i mean it sounds like this rock saw you're talking about you could potentially find one you know rusted out in some mine camp somewhere i mean they're they're really hit and miss i you know just going down this path a little bit more, you know, when I hunt on like Facebook marketplace, my buddy, uh, my shop mate really, you know, he likes buying these things and you know, the, he, he just bought, I don't know. He just ended up buying a whole estate. I sent him one rocks uh, yesterday that was posted for 15 minutes and he's like, yeah, I'm, it was, you know, it was this much, uh, but I bought the whole estate and now I'm spending like this many thousands of dollars on rock <laughs> equipment, just, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. I definitely like the hunt, even if it's not always for myself. Um, but going back, you know, I it basically boiled down to I I had an opportunity to buy a saw stop uh, that I didn't think I was going to have again, and so I bought one. You know, I, it's they're just highly regarded tools. The the warehouse is like twenty minutes from my house. Like I drove yeah. to the warehouse and we loaded it in the back of the car which was awesome. Um, fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool uh, to get in there. They were really nice. Um, yeah, they're all right. I love their, I love their stuff. You know, being a, being a shop teacher myself, that's all we're allowed to use anymore is the saw stop table saw. And uh, all through college, we had the saw stop table saw. Luckily, when I was in high school, for four years of high school, I was able to use the most beautiful 14-inch Oliver table saw. And it yes. cut like cut like a dream, weighed like probably a thousand pounds. It was beautiful, but I I know as soon as I graduated that that probably got put away or sold because they had to convert over to using the saw stop. Mm. Um, you know, they're they're great saws, but unfortunately those old vintage table saws are are gone from all schools now because insurance doesn't care how cool it is. They don't want people to cut their fingers off. So yeah, Oliver can't stop on a hot dog. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think SawStop still has, I want to say maybe 10 years on the patent for that. So un- until that becomes public, I'm not sure. Yeah, they just they own the market. So funny, funny enough though, they were. I, I love side stories as well, but it's related to the main point. So SawStop, I I can't remember the gentleman's name that made. It. I used to know his name. Um, his his technology was the braking system for the blade. Mm-hmm. That cartridge yeah. that explodes off and, mm-hmm. and stops the blade. That was what he originally came up with. And he went to all the major table saw manufacturers and said, I want to put this on your saws because it will make it safer. And they all said, no, go away. So he said, OK, I have this technology to stop the blade. So he made his own table saw, thus the saw stop. So now everybody's playing catch up and they're like, we're idiots. We should have taken this technology when we could have because everybody wants it now. Yeah, you could, you could uh, like uh, license it to all those companies. Yeah, 
They just gave him the middle finger, which looked like this. Cause it was yeah, yeah, it was a nub. That's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, industrial safety, if, if you aren't uh, state-of-the-art is the, the term of phrase. If you're not state-of-the-art for your safety and somebody else offers a product as standard, like when seatbelts were an option and then they became standard, everybody had to play catch-up to be standard because if that was considered state-of-the-art and you were behind, you were actually open to lawsuit so if somebody decided to really want to go after one of the you know yellow or red tool companies they uh they could argue that those companies don't care as much about safety as the modern day and, and they're yeah you're right playing catch up and it's a it's a big money game there now anyways victor back to you yeah back to the question though i mean the table saw is is easily the most terrifying thing but um do you have other modern tools that you wouldn't walk away from or have, have you uh stuck with mostly vintage uh, machinery well you know being sort of a a growing business sometimes you 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 buy what you can you know sometimes you find deals and you're like this will be great for now and i'll upgrade later when i can um you know so i i have a modern planer I've got a Makita lunchbox planer and it's great, but I'm like, it's not very big and it's not very cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've got a, a nothing special uh, grizzly jointer uh, that I got from a, a cabinet shop. Uh, and it's, you know, it does the job, but it's only a six inch jointer. Uh, and I, I mean, I got a screaming deal on that thing. I walked into this sale. This guy was liquidating his whole shop. And, uh, yeah, I got a screaming deal on that. So I couldn't walk away and I needed, you know, at the time I needed a joiner. Um, you know, at this point I, I would love to get an eight inch joiner, but I don't have access to 220 right now. And that's usually the, it's usually the cutoff. So, I mean, I'm, it's kind of like a jointer is a jointer, a planer is a planer, you know, there's different levels of quality, but there's no sort of like, for me, there's no safety factor in any of them. It's how you use the machine. So, I'm right. open to. I just want to. I just want a good machine that's going to do the job I want it to. Yeah. I mean, we were talking before the uh, before we started recording here. So I'd, I'd like the viewers to go over this again because a lot of our viewers are are. I mean, they're all over the all over the place, but a lot are out here in the in the east where we can't turn around without tripping over something old iron that you know we can buy ten of. And right. we were talking about how it's uh, sometimes difficult. For you to find items out there uh so when you when you find the need for um an old tool or something that you'd like to have for your shop and you go out on you know facebook marketplace and craigslist what, what's it like like how do you um interact with with sourcing uh items for your shop like when you find something on craigslist and you know how long does it last and how are you able to get it before the 50 other people show up well so uh, it depends. It depends on how desirable the item is. Um, I myself have had, I think, f four or five Delta 14-inch bandsaws in my possession since I've been here. Uh, and aside from my listings, I have maybe seen two others. Uh, and that's not to say that that's all there is, but I mean, they go so fast because they're so highly desirable. Um, for me, a lot of the time, it's just, you know, the secret, set up your Craigslist notification. You know, Craigslist is, it's really hit or miss, and it's dependent on your area. A lot of people here will try to gouge you, uh, but if you know the market, and you just hold to what you want to pay, and you know, and you're okay walking away from something, then you're just okay walking away. If it's, if, if I'm looking for a tool that I haven't seen you know, in a long time and they're way sky high, I'll still shoot them an offer. And if they say no, I say, well, here's my number. Call me back if you want to sell. I'll, I'll be there like within the hour or within the day, you know, regardless of the time. There's There's been a lot of times, so I, I'm Portland based. Uh, there's been a lot of times where I can't find what I want in Portland because the market here is crazy. But if I go up to Seattle, Seattle has exactly what I want. So there's been a few times where I've, you know, done the round trip to Seattle and back in a day just to get something. Uh, and that's been fine. You know, look outside your area is another thing I would say for people is 
if you're looking for something, just expand your search just just a little bit. You know, is is an hour each way of your time uh, of driving worth it? If you're gonna spend, you know, the next weeks looking for something to come up in the city you're in, like yeah, for me it is. You know, I'd rather just drive and get the thing. Does that Absolutely. answer the question? Yeah, no, that, no, that's great. That's great. So you said um, you've had several uh, Delta bandsaws and you've seen some others, uh, a couple others for sale. Um, you know, that that's a, I see those a lot out here. What, what's the going rate, like the average price for a Delta bandsaw, like the ones you're talking about out there? So the ones that I sell, I usually will price them at $325, 350 okay. And right. And I have, I mean... I get 20 emails within the first 20 minutes. I'm not kidding. Uh, I believe it. I believe it. Emails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but there are people who will throw them up 400, 500, and, you know, those listings go away, and I'm assuming they sell. I, I personally would not pay that unless you told me it was fully gone through and you could show me, like, here's the new bearings, here's the new tires, like, here's the new, all of the wear parts um so yeah in in seattle they're usually a little bit less maybe closer to 150 200 but oh, even really? even at those prices you i mean you got to be quick you know a lot of people if you're not the first to email you better be the first person there so no kidding makes sense yeah that, i mean that's that's very similar to what happens out here it's just i guess we're we're kind of spoiled with the the prevalence of of said tools and you know, if we miss one, we'll be like, okay, there'll be one up in three days again. So we'll, we'll have another chance kind of thing. Um, no, that's, that's very interesting here. Cause I, I know, uh, we talked about before about the vice world, everybody is crazy for vices out there. And if you, if you find one, you have to go get it. Like you said, you better be the first one there or it's gone because we, we have tons of them out here, but then they kind of trickled away and, and don't have as many out there. I hear that a lot in the vice world. So. Yeah, the uh, the walk the big Walker Turner bandsaws out here are also very popular, but also very limited. Um, I've had an opportunity to buy one or two, but I usually don't have the help available to move them because they're right. so heavy. They you are. Know? <laughs> the deltas, I'm like, yep, I can just you know I can either take take the top off or I can you know just kind of lug it into the car, but. Yeah, the Walker Turners are, I'm like, yeah, I, I would like that. But I, one, don't have space. And two, I definitely cannot move that. They're terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. I, take, I found one for, like, what, what was the one that, uh, Evan, what was the one that you and me were were, were both lusting over that I wound up getting? How oh, much? For 300 bucks, maybe? Jeez, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, yeah. I think I paid 300 bucks for it, but it was such a steal that I had to go get it. And I literally had a broken hand from work. And yeah, I yeah. Took it apart one-handed, like <laughs> dumped it into my truck, piece by piece, up a hill in the mud with a hand truck. Yeah, man, that's it was dedication. The, the wood, um, <laughs> yeah, he got the wood and metal cutting one. It has the gearbox on the back the and slows box, it yeah. down for, for oh, metal yeah. cutting. Oh uh, yes, gnarly. Yeah, that was cool. I, I literally, I didn't believe him at first because I have an older version of a Walker Turner. Uh, a wood cutting bandsaw that you have to have the gearbox that's separate that you put on the back to slow it down to cut metal and i didn't believe he told me that his has the gearbox so he literally stopped in the middle of i thought it was the highway and took a picture it of it and <laughs> sent me the picture to, to to prove that it had the gearbox on the back i still have that it's slowly making its way it's so heavy and and awful that it's slowly making its way like piece by piece from the old shop to the new shop. And I just, uh, it's like every time I grab any part of that machine, it like blows my back out. <laughs> Everything's yeah. heavy. So, so, so Victor, um, let's, let's get into what you have in your shop that, um, is vintage and is put to use. Uh, do you have any uh, particular items you go to, uh, during your day to day for your job? Well, you know, I just restored this uh, 1965 Delta 15-017 drill press. Nice. The name just rolls right off the tongue. Uh, they did a beautiful job it. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Brain been, you know, that's been a workhorse lately. I, yeah, I went through that thing entirely. Um, it's, you know, it's fully cleaned. 
Um, I somehow managed to source a production table for it. Uh, Love it. Love it. Yeah, I paid $20 for that production. Oh, you dog. It was, let me tell you, it was eight hours round trip to get that. Okay, Uh, so 20 bucks plus the gas. (laughs) Yeah, well, and, you know, we stopped for dinner because, you know, how could you not? But, yeah, yeah, I saw this. Actually, a listing was forwarded to me by a buddy, and he said, hey, I know that you want one of these for that drill press you just picked up. And I was like, wow, that's perfect, but it's so far away. And he's like, hey, you'd be home, you know, in, in just a few hours. And in, <laughs> your mi- in your mind, you're like, you're never going to find this again. I mean, it was it was the base and the post and, you know, all the, the table and the gear. You know, there was no head to the drill press. Right. And I was like, man. So, yeah, I drove up there. We drove up there, my partner and I, and we drove back. Um, and this thing, I mean, it was a mess, but the guy was like, oh yeah, I was just going to throw it away. I was like, I was like, no. (laughs) Isn't isn't that funny? (laughs) Isn't that funny? Those two statements like define this culture as you get the, when am I ever going to see it again? Met with, I was just about to throw it away. Like, yeah, you could bookend our entire world with those two. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I and I asked him, you know, I was like, what's the story here? And he's like, oh, it was my dad's and he was going to do something with it, but he never did. And I, I'm doing a dump run tomorrow and I was just going to take it out with there. But, you know, I thought maybe I'd just list it, see if anyone wanted it. I mean, and my mind was eight hours to get it. That's <laughs> I, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it was north of Seattle. And he's like, you wow. drove from Oregon. I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> Yes, I did. Here's this, my number. This, uh, Please call me every time you're about to throw something out now. Well, <laughs> so that's, you know, I didn't mention it earlier, but that's the other thing. When you go see these people who have these deals, you know, you got to ask, is there more? You bring a little bit extra cash. Is there more? Got to. You ha- is there something else you want to get rid of? Um, you know, and that's worked out for me a couple of times. And it's it's always great. <laughs> like the There's people are happy. Before. I feel yeah. like there's never not more. They always, if they're selling old stuff, they like have a pile of it somewhere that they just don't want to talk about or, or you have to dig it out of them to, to, to disclose it. Yeah, this this guy, this production table guy was convinced he had no more. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll leave you alone. So, um, yeah, that's, it's been great. It's got the, uh, this drill press has the the top on it where you unscrew a little bit and it's spring loaded and the top lifts off. I cool. think that's just very I, nice. Yeah, I think it's a I it's such a novelty to have that yeah. just pop up for you. Um so that's been it's been great. You know, I didn't repaint it. I did repaint the production table, but I didn't repaint it. I tried to just keep it kind of original looking in that that machine gray. Uh, yep. I I heavily debated painting it. I really I struggled with it, and then I was like, you know, let's. I don't want to spend the time or the money. <laughs> I want to. I want to get it mechanically perfect, and then I want to use it. Amen. Yeah. So is that is that your is that like your go to uh, mantra for when you get a tool and a vintage tool? Um, you know, just get it working and and leave it, or how do you decide what to do with them when you get them? So I feel like. <sighs> I feel like maybe I'm a little against the grain on this, uh, but I I like to get them mechanically running. I like to replace the wear parts, but I also like to upgrade things that can be easily upgraded uh, to something more modern or just better. Um, you know, I, I think some people are definitely going to cringe when I say, like, I replaced the fence on my Delta Bandsaw. I replaced it because I know that it's a bandsaw that I want to use for resawing. So I bought a fence that's better for resawing. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are like, ah, like I hate that. It needs the original fence. And I'm like, yeah, but that also doesn't meet my purpose. Like that doesn't meet the need that I have, especially as a business owner who focuses on using like really tiny pieces of wood and resaws almost every piece of wood that like I get my, you know, that I, yeah. that I get my hands on. For sure. It has oh, to suit your, suit your needs. That's great. That's it. Sometimes yeah. you got to tell the haters off, you know, there's a, 
there's a fine line I think you walk between like taking away all the character of an old machine and making it suitable to your purpose. I mean, especially sometimes you find these old machines that have character like that from way back. You know, they've got the modern guards on them and they were modified in some way to make them suit the need of a modern factory or not a modern production environment and kind of adds to the character in a way because as you use it, it'll wear and they'll, it'll become yours, and you know someday somebody else will get it and say, oh wow, look at this that he used. It adds to the story of the tool, and that you know as long as you're not painting the thing neon green or something like that, I think for the most part, you know, little modifications like that are, are just fine, and they they kind of are cool in a way. Yeah, I mean, I I just try to be tasteful about it. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just trying to make a machine that works well, you know, and just make sure that it runs the way that it was meant to be run and potentially updated. That's great. What was your first old tool restoration? How'd you get started in that? So, well, there's two questions. So how did I get started? Or <laughs> what well, was okay, it? so, so what was, <laughs> what was your you first old, old tool restoration? Uh, that's a great question. I think the first old tool I actually restored was that bandsaw. I think it was my bandsaw. Um, yeah, I, I think that was it. I haven't done... I don't have an extensive history of tool restoration. Um, this this kind of leads into your other question. Um, I just have a history of restoring and fixing. Um, and that's just kind of guided a lot of my knowledge when it comes to working on old tools. Uh, when I was a kid, my father and I, we'd always you know, go out on trash day every now and again, and we'd find old bikes. And, you know, my dad, when he was a kid, he used to work on bikes all the time. So that's what I grew up doing. And so we'd find these old bike frames and, you know, like we'd we'd regrease the bearings and we'd paint it and, you know, we'd run new brake lines and uh, new cables and all that good stuff. Um, And that's just kind of where my interest in taking stuff apart, you know, kind of started. The idea that like I can take it apart and I can make it better or I can make it run like new um, is really is just for me really cool, especially when you put on that like finishing touch. Um, The uh, the bikes I used to work on, they were these old Schwinn's and they had that little oval uh, head head logo, I guess you want to call it. It's a little stamped metal piece that says Schwinn and just like tightening the tiny little screws on that thing as a kid i was like man this looks so professional (laughs) (laughs) this is so cool i'm so cool that i changed the color and like the brakes work now and i just have this little logo on the front um yeah that's kind of how it all got started and then i had this period of time where i just didn't work on a lot of stuff and then i just you know i started this business and it i i'm just like i need to do more <laughs> Fantastic. going back huh yeah so uh victor what is in your arsenal of restoration tool options like to restore old tools are you uh, a soak and wait kind of guy or are you straight to the angle grinder uh oh my gosh I, so i i that's a great question. I generally, when I restore an old tool, I will take it apart into like sections or assemblies. Um, and then I will take those assemblies and I will just get, honestly, a bucket of soapy water and I will just scrub it, the old greasy parts. And if they're rusty, I'll just get some, you know, like steel wool and I'll just rub it off. I mean, a lot of the times it's not that bad. Um, you know, and I just kind of sit on the deck and I just am like, yeah, let's just clean the parts. Like I, I've personally have been thinking about investing in like an ultrasonic cleaner, you know, just throw the old parts in, let it magically clean. But it's almost meditative to just kind of sit there and clean the parts and just, you know, watch the sort of like layer of grease and grime come off. And it's like, oh, this is what this was supposed to look like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dave, Dave, can't, Dave can't relate. He, he has no idea what it takes uh, spending large <laughs> amounts of time uh, removing layers of dust off of things. I've never done that before ever in my entire life. <laughs> very, very therapeutic. I, I, I like the, the meditative aspect of it. I can definitely relate to. And I think there's there's a whole we talk about that from time to time that it, there is something about 
bringing that shine back that is it's good for your soul it really is i don't know yeah it's just it's well it's nice you know especially when you find this thing that's been neglected um for so many years and it's just like oh i'm giving it new life like if a person looks at this they're gonna know that's not trash yeah you know which 100 yeah again going back to the trashling it's just such a killer i'm like that's that is so usable like and that has so much value to someone right. um right. yeah so it's nice to bring things to the state where it's like that's not trash please don't throw that away even if you know nothing about it Please don't throw that away. <laughs> Trash days are great. And it was fun. We talked with, you know, PJ Galati, the junk hunter, uh, I guess, last week or two weeks ago now. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I listened know, to that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Growing up. That's what a great life growing up with your dad going out and picking trash. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it is awesome. Good stuff. Victor, um, how many tools would you say you've restored uh, to sell back to the market? uh that's a good question um not a ton but enough to motivate me to keep doing it um you know when i so these other delta band saws that i found um you know those are they're quick flips a lot of the time it's like get the rust off the table blow the dust out and people are happy with that you know they're like oh here's the machine you know if it's really bad then if it's really bad, then, you know, I'll take a little bit more. But, you know, I would say less than 10. Not a lot, but a lot of the time when I'm buying a machine to flip, I'm also not paying very much. Um, so I'm happy to just take it home, clean it up, and get... I, I call it kind of helping it... I call it, uh, you know, like, let's help it find its new home. Because it can go. stay All with right. me, but really, I can't keep it forever. I don't have... The, the problem is I don't have the space. If I had the space, I'd probably have two or three bandsaws. <laughs> I just, I, I don't have it. Old so. tool foster parent. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of what it is. You know, I, I take it home from the people who don't know, don't know anything about it. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's get you connected to the right person. Um, I, I have a small, I know a small group of people out here uh, who are really, really, really into old tools. Um, and collecting and a lot of the time they're my competition for picking stuff up so uh we kind of all work together on some of these things <laughs> so when you when you see something posted to craigslist or facebook marketplace you're like oh man i better call them real quick before jim goes and gets it you know well so some of these guys there's there's like an online forum uh and I don't know if they want me to like shout out what their name is because they're kind of private guys, which is fine. Um, but they they will post like they're like, hey, I just saw this on Craigslist. If any of you are interested in it, go get it. And I'll do the same every now and again. I kind of I kind of wane in and out. But some of these guys, I mean, they're just on it. A lot of them are retired and just have that sort of time to just peruse at their leisure which you know <laughs> i wish i wish i had that sort of time but it's good to be busy that's like me and evan every time we see a universal woodworker listed on yes send it to our one friend who really likes universal woodworkers yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't have any in my yard yet so you guys haven't found any more well you just haven't been lazy about picking them up it's not our fault true no we found that one out in um was it Illinois or Ohio? Something like the, that. The one that sits on I-beams. Um, but that was like in the middle of coronavirus, where if you cross the, the state lines, you, you get infected and shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, COVID has completely impacted uh, the ability to find new tools. You know, a lot of people are just like, I'm not posting things for sale out here because I don't want to deal with people. So the, the market out here is even smaller than what it used to be. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, it's sad. I feel like I feel like another sort of, I don't want to say therapeutic, but like, you know, Zen kind of thing is getting into the Facebook market groove and just like riding that rabbit hole for a couple hours. Like that's a great way to kill a cut. You know what I mean? Like there's something about looking for the hunt is very uh, enjoyable too uh, you know opposed to just the you know we all enjoy fixing and 
breathing new life into things, but trying to locate it is just like great. And when that's taken away, that's a sad time. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and for me, a, you know, I found a, a good number of things at estate sales and there are estate sales going on right now. Oh, wait, wait, I should clarify this. I should clarify this because, okay, so I'm from the Midwest. And when we say estate sales, we mean you, someone has passed and they're selling off the right. contents of the house. Okay. Yep. Yep. Out here, estate sales can mean that. But some people will also say, oh, I'm having an estate sale, but it's just a garage sale. Okay. Or so a they're, yard sale. So they're not yeah. they're not dead yet. They're actually there. Yes. So <laughs> I'm not out, out here. You, you have to do your research before you go drive to like to a house to you know if it's an actual an estate sale, if it's an actual estate sale, or if it's a garage sale. Not uh, to say that garage sales can't have good things. It can. But it's a it's different. You know, yeah. it's it's not you get to pick through the whole garage. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, but yeah, the, the state sale market out here, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to be going into houses with other people all roaming around. And so yeah, I haven't, catchy. I haven't, yeah, I haven't gone to any this year, which is, you know, it's that sort of therapeutic hunt for me as well. I, I love getting in that and just, yeah, I like going to estate sales and just, you know, there's usually just a small corner that people aren't looking in or they're not looking high enough or low enough. And you just see something you're like, wow, that's. That's a really good deal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people aren't buying that. They have no idea what this is. Ma'am, would you take $2 for this giant machine that you don't know what it is? Uh, oh, sure. I was thinking <laughs> 10 oh, oh, okay. I'll meet you in 5 <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to sell this tomorrow for 1000 <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get into woodworking, man? Uh... So I was just thinking about this the other day. So I've, I've kind of been a maker, you know, my whole life. You know, I talked about working on bikes. Um, when I was in college, I started watching uh, Steve Ramsey on YouTube. Uh, the, the uh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, what is his channel called? Wood, woodworking for, Wood, mere, for mere Mortals. Mere mortals. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was a, a freshman in college, and I just... You know, he had this really long build series on how to make a chessboard, which he's talked about in more recent videos. He's like, it was terrible. It was like 10 sections long and, you know, it was horribly edited. But, I, you know, me, I just like I was way into that. I thought that was so cool. Um, so I spent most of college just like watching all these YouTubers grow in the woodworking community. And I was like, I want to do that. And it was just you know, it was it's just been a couple of years of woodworking to the point where I was like, I am in a space physically like I live in an area where I can have woodworking tools where I feel comfortable financially and physically that I I can have a table saw. And I'm not saying you need a table saw to woodwork. Right. Like there's plenty of workarounds for that. But I'm like, I like tools <laughs> like I'd like to buy a table saw. Um, so really I just, I watched a lot of people online and I was like, I want to do that. I think that's cool. And that's just kind of how I started. I'm, I have had no formal training in woodworking, uh, at all, which for some people they're like, but you run a woodworking business. I'm like, yeah, but like you can also teach yourself and there's so many resources online. Um, I did, I did have a couple years of, uh, training to be a machinist uh, which has sort of, uh, translated, but as a woodworker, it's, it was just watching YouTube and saying to myself, that's amazing. I, I want to do that. Fantastic. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. I love that story. And, you know, we, so you've said, um, you know, you found, been able to find deals, um, on your machines that you buy and the tools that you, uh, use for your business. And you've had success with that. Um, you know, our, our theme, um, for these past couple episodes here was, uh, business and restorations. Um, so if there's, if there was one piece of advice that has kind of guided you through your journey that you would like to share with anybody else who's, uh, considering using old tools or collecting old tools to use as, uh, for their business, what would it be? Uh, my, my advice would be if you have questions, just ask, uh, just ask someone. And if that person doesn't know, just ask someone else. 
Um, you know, we're not born with any of this knowledge at all. Uh, and it's really flattering to me when people ask me questions, but I also rely on some people when I don't know, like, hey, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. And, you know, it's nice to have those kind of shoulders to lean on when you need them. Um, I, I have found that the old tool community has been really welcoming, uh, which, you know, I know there's that competition to get the old tool, but there's also that sort of love like, hey, do you know about this? What should I look for if I'm buying this tool? Is this tool a good purchase? Is this price a good purchase? Um, I, yeah, like I said, it's really flattering when people ask me questions and I'm always happy to chat about it because it's just fun. Like, I just like talking about old tools. So, yeah, if you have a question, just ask. That's that's what I would boil it down to. That is, that is a great piece of advice. I, yeah, that, that is awesome. Yeah, that that's how it, our community is pretty much founded on. Is if you don't know, there's somebody that it's their niche and they would love to talk your ear off and help you succeed as much as they wish it was in their own shop. Um, that's awesome. That's a great, great piece of advice. Uh, Victor, do you have... Uh, the restoration tool or story that you'd like to share? Is there one uh, piece of equipment that has the best story or means the most to you? You know, I know I keep going back to the bandsaw, but I love this bandsaw. Um, so I had wanted one of these 14-inch deltas for years. I mean, years and years. I always thought aesthetically they were amazing. Everyone talks about how reliable they are. No one, I've never heard anything bad about them. So, you know, naturally I wanted one. Finally, you know, with, with my business growing, I decided, hey, it's time for me to buy a decent bandsaw. I, I started off with this tiny, tiny Rikon, uh, like five inch resaw capacity. And it's, don't get me wrong, that, that tiny Rikon, like it held its own, but I was also like, it's, it's time for something bigger. So I threw up the uh, the Craigslist wanted ad in the tool section. I said, hey, I, if you have a bandsaw like this, and I just took a generic, you know, picture of a Delta 14 inch off, off Google. And I said, if you have a bandsaw like this or you know a bandsaw um, that's for sale that looks like this, please send me a message. Uh, I would love to have that. And so I posted it and almost immediately I got two emails uh, and I, I posted it in Portland and Seattle. I got two emails from people in Seattle who said, hey, I don't know if you've seen this ad yet. It just went live and it looks like exactly what you're looking for. And it was. Uh, it was this just almost perfectly original Delta 14 inch bandsaw that, you know, you could tell it hadn't been used. So I messaged the guy and he got back to me immediately. And he was, I mean, he was way north of Seattle. And I said, hey, so I'm going to be in Tacoma. You know, I had a trip planned. And when, when I plan a trip, I, of course, have to look at the Craigslist. And <laughs> I have to look at Craigslist. Absolutely, for sure. Facebook yeah. Marketplace, like, As oh, you I'm going to be in a new area. Is there anything that I need? <laughs> like, I think we all do that. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, I can't get away from looking at tools. And I said, hey, so I'm going to be in Tacoma, which I think was like an hour and a half south of him. Uh, is there any way you'll meet me in Tacoma? And he said, yeah, give me an extra 50 bucks. And I thought to myself, man, that's we're getting kind of expensive here because I think he wanted 275. But the bandsaw had the uh, the original mobile casters. Have you guys seen those? They're kind of an, an oh, odd nice. option. Uh, yeah. And it had the original fence. I mean, and the whole thing, like it looked it looked super clean. So I was like, you know what? We're already here. I'm going to pee in Tacoma. These never come up in Portland. I've, you know, I've been scouring Craigslist and they don't come up. So we drove up there. This this man drove an hour and a half south to meet me. And he explained that this bandsaw belonged to a man who had Alzheimer's, uh, but had owned the bandsaw since new. And he was working on liquidating all of his tools, all of his old Delta tools. Uh, and this was one of the last ones. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe that you are choosing to sell this to me. 
because you had to drive all this extra time. And he was like, oh, well, you were the first to email me. And I was like, all right, well, if that's how you want to operate, <laughs> like, thank you so much. Uh, so we ended up, you know, we had our, our stay in Tacoma and I ended up carrying this bandsaw into the Airbnb just like really quietly, just like <laughs> lifting this super heavy bandsaw, you know, nice. and it's it's covered, you know, he took the the base apart from the, the actual bandsaw and the inside of the bandsaw has like this 50 year old sawdust in it. So we get it into the Airbnb and I set it down and all this sawdust falls out and I'm like, oh. all right, well, this is this is a problem for like two or three day future me. So, <laughs> so we have this, we have this really nice time and my ad was still up, uh, you know, looking for the bandsaw and I get another email and this guy says, Hey, I have a bandsaw and it's a Delta, it's a wood metal bandsaw with a cast iron base. And he says, do you want it? Here's one picture. And I sent him an email back immediately and he, and I'm like, well, yeah, what do you want for it? He's like, you can just have it for free. I'm what like, all right <laughs> i'm wow. like wow okay uh so i've got this one sitting in the airbnb and i've got this one back in portland that this guy says come and get when you're ready it's just sitting in my garage taking up space my mind is exploding because i haven't been able to find one of these in forever and they're falling out of the sky right now at you <laughs> honestly i was like i don't know what sort of stars are aligning right now but uh it's great <laughs> So we have our time, you know, I, we have our time in Tacoma. I somehow, you know, move this bandsaw back out to the car, just like huffing it back. <laughs> like, you know, uh, we drive it back and I had cleaned up the room and the people left. It. I thought it was so funny The the owners of the Airbnb were like, we couldn't even tell the, you know, the, that couple was there. They, it was just so spotless and they were so quiet. And I thought that was so funny because I was like nice. sweeping up <laughs> if old only they knew. with my hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't notice. Like I brought a bandsaw <laughs> here. Um, so we get the first bandsaw back home. The next day we go see this guy like 20 minutes from my house and he pulls out this bandsaw. And it's I mean, it's rough. It's rough, but it's free. Right. So it's got this like horrible peeling paint job and the. The cast iron base, as desirable as they are, I mean, this thing was cracked like at least three times in a not insignificant way. Uh, and the original motor was gone. It had a washing machine motor. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, things rough, but I'm going to take it home. So I took it home and I lugged it, you know, I, l I lugged it in and uh, I was like, all right, I'm looking at my two bandsaws and I'm like, OK, can I take on two bandsaw projects? I'm looking at my space. I'm like, no. <laughs> and my my partner is like, you know, that other one doesn't look very good. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, but it's just paint, right? Like, it's it's gonna be fine. It'll be fine. After some discussion, we decide it's best if I get rid of the the second bandsaw, which I think is fine. Um, and I ended up selling that one in a day to a, a very enthusiastic man who's like, I can't believe you're getting rid of this. And I was like, look, I've got another one that seems to be in good condition and that's that's great so i sold that one off and i used i used all of the money uh to buy new parts for this bandsaw that i bought so what's the name of the company there's a company in florida i wish i could give them a plug because they do if itura design there we go itura design super small company uh, if you've never heard of them and you like bandsaws, uh, give them a call and have them send you a catalog. They they specialize in bandsaw parts, especially for old Deltas. A amazing okay. company. Super great customer service. So how, I spent... How do you style that? I'm sorry, real quick. We're all oh, no, 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 you're good. It's a I-T-U-R-R-A. And there's there's information in those catalogs about like tuning the bandsaw and you know they make parts that are up, upgraded parts for some of the parts that commonly fail on those old deltas. I mean even if you don't buy any parts, super cool catalog. Um, so I spent all that money and I you know I was looking at my bandsaw and I'm like you know you know what make this bandsaw good a riser. <laughs> I was yes. like, 
I need a capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need a riser. And so I'm looking, you know, cause you can adapt the new risers to it. Um, you know, I think you can buy one from Grizzly or Powermatic or I think even Jet and, you know, you just drill different locating holes and you can slap it on there. And I'm like, man, those are like, I don't know, 100, 120 bucks. I'm like, that's kind of a lot. So I start looking for another bandsaw. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe I can buy a yeah, bandsaw that choice. already has a riser in it and I can just, you know, swap out the parts and sell that other bandsaw. So a few weeks go by and I find another bandsaw, of course, in Seattle. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to make this this trip. And I, I found it on Facebook Marketplace. I haggle this this woman down just a little bit. I couldn't believe she was going to haggle at all. I think I paid one one seventy five for the whole bandsaw all said and done with a riser, uh, which is a screaming deal out here like that never happened deal anywhere, bro. That's yeah, it was. <laughs> Holy shit. So, you know, we do, we do what feels like our classic round trip to Seattle, right? Because we just did one two weeks ago. So we're going back and, you know, up and back in the same night. And we get home and I, you know, I take the riser block off immediately and I swap out the parts onto my new bandsaw. I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, I love this bandsaw. But I have this other Delta bandsaw. And this was one of the early 1930s ones. And I was like, man, I need to get rid of this. So I threw it on Craigslist, three, 300 bucks. I sold it the next day. And I was like, okay, so I just got a riser block. I just made money on the bandsaw. And I've paid for, get, like, everything's been paid for so far. So from there, uh, I know, this is like, <laughs> this is such a long story. Sorry. <laughs> so do you, do you guys have... Uh, do you guys have uh, Habitat for Humanity restores out by you? you oh, guys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Cool. So you guys will know what I'm talking. So I we have a restore pretty close to me, and I go. I well, prior to COVID, I was going pretty regularly, and there was this there was this hor. You know, they have the tool. Well, the one I have, there's a tool section. You guys have a tool section in yours? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So for me, the tool section is always a huge mess. Huge Same. mess. Same yeah. Uh, I went and there was a, a, a t- like a terrible homemade looking table saw there, like plywood top. It was it was old and it had been sitting there forever and it said 75 bucks. And I'm looking around the back and there's a big red uh, there's a big red motor hanging off the back. And I'm like, that's curious. So I look at it and it's. <laughs> So I look at it and it's it's a Leeson one and a half horsepower, 1725 RPM. And I'm like, well, that's that's what I need. So I start devising this way. How am I going to take this whole thing home just to steal the motor and donate it back? And I decide, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Like, I'm like, I don't want to haul this whole thing in my car. I went back three times before I bought that table saw <laughs> to get that motor. And OK, so twofold. Uh, to get that motor, I told the guy, I'm like, I only want the motor. I only want it. That's it. I don't care about the table saw. He says, oh, just disassemble it on the dock. I'm like, okay, that's amazing. I get to the cash register and they're like, oh, yeah, this is on like mega clearance. That's uh, $18. And I was like, nice. yes, <laughs> yes excellent. I will take that. Yeah, um, so that's how I upgraded the motor, which I couldn't believe. So I've got this like massive motor uh, on this bandsaw, which is amazing i feel so fortunate to have found that um but yeah this bandsaw it was just kind of this like long journey of like finding these parts <laughs> like uh yeah and i built that uh i built that belt cover and then the last thing i did i think was i slapped that live edge piece of walnut on the front to mount the uh switch to which is everybody I got a lot of attention for that one. People love that. I oh yeah. I was just I like, I need a spot to mount the switch. <laughs> That's beautiful. Just throw some wood on here and just use a little nice walnut. No big deal. Yeah, yeah it looks great, man. You did a really good job with it for sure. Your band your bandsaw story was like zero to hero. You rose up through the ashes and, and now you have the <laughs> like a phoenix yes well it's such you know it's such a long story and it's there's there's so many components to it because i was like how do i just build it it's a tool i want to keep forever and when i get one of those tools that i want to keep forever i'm like hey 
how do I build it the way I'm going to want it to be? Like, let's just upgrade everything as much as I can. So that's where I'm kind of at with it right now. I don't know if there's much more I want to do to it. It's you got to get the retirement. You got to get the little retirement light, the retirement light. So actually, I this is one of, I might be against the grain on this. I had a retirement light and I sold it. I don't like them. I don't yeah, they're, like them. they're worthless. <laughs> well, so was the retirement light uh, part of the original tool when you bought it? Yep. And wow. yeah, oh. and I know that go, a lot of people are like, well, it came with it. You have to keep it. And I'm like, but I'm also a business and I don't want this. And I know, I know there's a collector who wants this for their bandsaw, who's been searching for one. Did you sell so, it you pay for $300 like everybody else does? So, no. Uh, I have sold a retirement on eBay, but usually when I sell them on eBay, they I sell them for like maybe 65, 70 bucks shipped. Like I'm just, you know, I think I could have gotten a little more, but I'm not, I, I would rather just have it be out of my hands than wait for 20 or $30. Yeah. Right. So I, I have sold a few of them locally um, to people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm working on a, on a restoration. I'm like, oh, well, enjoy. Like, I I don't like this, but you might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that'll be good. So many, yeah. many years from now, when when it's when it's your estate sale, people are going to be coming to look at the bandsaw and they'll be like, oh, does he have the retirement light? And you're like, no, no, I, I had like 12 of those, you know, 50 years ago, but then I got rid of them all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I suppose that part of it is that, you know, if you operate in a well-lit shop, you're, you know, kind of ahead of the game. And maybe that's what it was back in the day. Like, their shops were just dim because of the lighting technology. I think that's got to be part of it. I so. think so, too. Very cool story, though. Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Yeah, thank, thanks yeah. for listening. Again, I know it was so long. <laughs> <laughs> well no what's fun though is, is that you're passionate about old tools it comes through and you're in the way you talk about it and like and just in about tools in general i, I feel like that's uh our listeners are we're, we're kind of all in the same boat with that and it's cool to talk to people even you know across across the u.s you know far far away far yeah. away as you can get almost really from us pennsylvanians and you new york whatever but um <laughs> yeah it's cool it's awesome. i dig it yeah well, th- yeah, I mean, for me, it's I really like when I can listen to stories about people who went on these like big hunts and what they had to do. Uh, you know, it kind of makes that end reward like, oh, yeah, like I get it. I know what it's like to struggle to look for that tool or that part. Like, I get it. This was really a good time, man. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, spending your Sunday evening with us. Yeah, yeah. of course. No, this for was sure. this was great. Thanks for having me. I'm again, I'm really flattered to be here. Uh, (laughs) once once again please tell our listeners uh how they can find you and how they can contact you so they can check out what you're making and and what you're doing with your business uh yeah so i run uh modern and mint you can find me over on instagram at modern and mint uh if you want to check out my etsy it's just modernandmint.com uh i do take custom orders but I, yeah, I take custom orders. This is a busy, I was going to say, this is a busy time of year. We're getting into the holidays, but I'm, I'm still open. So if you have something you think will fit uh, with my aesthetic uh, that you have in mind, let me know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like Absolutely. making stuff. And if you want to get on Victor's uh, waiting list for the next uh, five retirement lights that he finds, he can... Oh <laughs> I mean, honestly, if people sent me a message and were like, I'm looking for a retirement light, I will keep them in mind. I, yeah, every time, well, the flip side is every time I buy a bandsaw that I'm trying to flip, I take the retirement light off because I'm like, that's extra money. Which people, you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, I also have a retirement light. And the people are like, oh, that's great. Can I buy that too? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the game got the hustle. It's a small business life. You got to you got to have the hustle otherwise, you know, you're going to drown in the market. So, for sure. Amen. Oh yeah. Man. Cool. Victor, thanks for coming on. Thanks for chilling with us. Uh Yeah. Have anything else you want to say before we let everybody go? I think we're good. We just we appreciate you coming on. We know we said it, but thank you very much. Uh thanks for sharing your ideas and and your expertise with us and I know our listeners will uh find it very enjoyable as well. 
Yeah, any anytime. I mean, and if if any listener out there wants to, you know, hit me up on Instagram or shoot me a message, like even through Etsy and just ask about, you know, how did you get started in business? That's, you know, I learned a lot starting the business and I'm so happy to share that information because uh, it was it was a foreign world for me and I had to ask people to know what to do. So. Oh, man. Hey, forward. That's great, man. Well, again, we really appreciate you getting on the show. We had you because we like what you're doing and keep on rocking, man. You're doing awesome things. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And make sure that you check us out on our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast. You can also send us an email at the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And this has been the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Victor, you just signed off and we're like, well, I guess he, <laughs> he's no, gone. I, I was like, well, I don't know. I've, I've, honestly, I've been in so many like Zoom calls lately and uh, it's just when everyone's like, bye, I'm like, all right, time to hang up. Yeah. <laughs>